if you're like lining up your pencils to bring yourself enjoyment if that makes you happy then it's not OCD but if you were lining up your pencils because if they weren't in a straight line then your house would burn down or your family would get hurt or something then that's where it's OCD. This is Down to Earth Conversations where we hear from ordinary people who are helping to bring a bit of heaven down to earth. Kia ora. welcome to another episode of Down to Earth Conversations with me, your host, Andy Dixon. Thank you for joining me again today. You probably didn't notice, but it's been an extra week between episodes this time. I was away last weekend in Tauranga for a workshop that I was privileged to be part of about inclusivity in the church or Christian spaces and the queer community. The most rewarding thing was seeing people have their questions validated. Being assured that asking questions about what you believe is not actually something that goes against faith, but is in fact an important part of faith. After the workshop, I sat down with the main speaker of the day, Amanda Pilbrow, and we reflected on the day and her journey that led to her involvement in the day. So keep an eye or an ear out for that conversation, uh, which will come out in a few episodes time. But because I was away last weekend, I decided to cut myself some slack so I didn't burn out or get anxious and gave myself an extra week to get this episode out. Now, Mental health needs nurturing and since I talk about it all the time, I figured it's important to take my own advice and to look after myself. And speaking of mental health, we're heading into that space again today with Emily Coggan, founder of Little Joys, a business creating products to support people in their mental health journey. We talk about Little Joys and how it came that An 18-year-old is already several years into running her own business. A all that includes Emily inviting us into her life with OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. We hear about what it is and what it is not. Why people's ignorance can be painful. Some of the things that have been helpful for her and how she has become involved in supporting others along the way. Just a couple of things before we get into the episode. Firstly, there was a little technical issue with Emily's mic, which I've cleaned up as best I can, but it may sound a little different than usual. Still very listenable, but just not up to this perfectionist's standards. That's really hard to say, perfectionist's standards. Also, we explore the topic of mental health. So if you find yourself needing to push pause and take a break, please do so. We'll head to the Voices of Hope link in the show notes for a range of support organisation details. But now, let's hear from a great human with a powerful story. This is episode 75 of Down to Earth Conversations. Here's Emily Coggan. Well, it's a real pleasure to be sitting with Emily Coggan today. Kia ora, Emily. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, so we met first at the Voices of Hope event, uh, It's Not Week to Speak, which was a night focused around mental health support, encouraging people on their mental health journey. Uh, you were there giving away these cool little creations and these cards that had amazing little positive messages and thoughts on them. What's your connection or what? why were you in that kind of space? Um, so I found out about Voices of Hope in 2020, I think. I was on TikTok and I came across one of, I can't remember what video it was, but it was one of their videos. And then I just hadn't seen much about like people sharing their stories about mental health. 
so I followed them and then just was very inspired by them um, and then we donate like products to different mental health charities and stuff so we started donating products to them and a portion of profits um, and then they asked if I wanted to speak at the event but public speaking is like my biggest fear and I'll do anything to <laughs> avoid it so I like desperately wanted to be there and wanted to be involved but was not ready to um, speak yeah. <laughs> on a stage in front of that many people so I thought it would be cool if I could just like give away my products after and then that way I can still be involved and still get to go to the event yeah so, awesome yeah yeah and of course I've had Jen Mora on the podcast already uh, from Voices of Hope so it was, um, yeah it was good to make that connection there why has the mental health space become an important part of your life um well at the time that I found Voices of Hope I just I must have been July or August of 2020 I was diagnosed with OCD like officially diagnosed but I have struggled with it mm. since I was like three years old wow. but um yeah I just it was never something that I'd seen talked about in the media and mm. so when I found them and specifically Jen and saw her videos about OCD I was just yeah very grateful that I had came across their yeah. uh, organization I guess yeah and I mean because that's Jen's story as well isn't it yeah. that she, she's had the OCD journey yes how do you like you hear OCD talked about a lot uh-huh but not not in the right way. Yeah. <laughs> like, like how, how is that for you, hearing other people use it like, I like straight tablecloths? You know? Well, I was actually just watching a random YouTube video today and it was just like, it was this video of a family that lives on a sailboat and they were cleaning their sailboat and they were like, oh, you OCD people are going to love this. Like, we're about to clean it. You're going to have so much fun. It's like, that's just so far from yeah. what it actually is. So it's annoying just, like, that people don't yeah. understand how debilitating it is and just see it as a joke. Yeah. So it's not it's not about being clean and it's not about... Well, it can be about being clean. Straight. But if you're like lining up your pencils to bring yourself like enjoyment if that makes you happy then it's not OCD yeah. but if you were lining up your pencils because if they weren't in a straight line then your house would burn down or your family would get hurt or something then that's where it's OCD yeah well it's like it's not if you enjoy doing it then it's not OCD yeah. basically yeah well I mean that's quite a clear distinction isn't it that, yes. that if you're doing it because you just like that yeah it's like it may look the same on the outside yeah. but it's the reason that you have to like have everything clean mm -hmm. or like do something a certain amount of times that distinguishes like perfectionism and a debilitating mm. mental illness yeah and so do you mind me asking how has that played out for you like what does it look like in your space well it's 
been very different. Like, it looked very different when I was three to what it looks like now. Mm. Um, when I was three, it basically started off, I had a bad dream about a hand coming out of a wooden floor. Wow. And that was terrifying as a little three-year-old. And it was like the first dream I'd ever remembered. And then my mum was like, why don't we put a blanket on the floor to stop the hand from coming up? Like when I woke up from that dream. And then for the next like six months, I think, she had to put this blanket on the floor. I wouldn't sleep. Yeah, so right. that's kind of how it started the like rituals of that. And then... As I got older, it like when I was five or six, like I, I just kind of went through phases where I just couldn't sleep. And for a few years, I couldn't sleep alone. Like I had to share a room with my brother because I wouldn't sleep by myself. And I had to repeat these super long phrases to every member of my family. Even if they were asleep, I'd have to wake them up. And I had like a two-year-old sister at the time. So right, that, that was, was that sad was fun, for her. Yep. And then that just got really bad. And so my parents went to a psychologist, but I refused to go. And the psychologist gave them some not so great advice right. looking back. But basically, they if I came out of my room to do the ritual, then if I came out, I think more than once... And they had to lock me in my room and so I couldn't escape. Oh, and like, gosh. that's the worst thing you can do with OCD. Like you can't, if like it's good, exposure therapy is amazing, but you have to like start off small. Yeah. You can't just, and obviously like that was horrible for my parents. They had no idea yeah. that that's not the right thing to do. So that was <laughs> traumatic. Yeah. But yeah, and then it just kind of got better for a while um well like I didn't really notice I mean looking back it's kind of just been such a huge part of my life that I don't know that like that's not actually a normal thing that every yeah, kid right. does yeah but yeah it's very different now I yeah. would say and like as a teenager yeah and, and, I mean, just hearing you talk about that, I can hear how debilitating that is compared to someone who enjoys neatness and, you know, all that kind of thing. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm the sort of person that, you know, I like to have things the way that they're supposed to be. Yeah. But because it brings me joy, not yes. because of what you're talking about, you know, that... Um, and, and so... Yeah, I guess how do how do you feel then when when people are using it in that other way and just throwing it around there? Is that like a slap in the face for you? Yes, it is. But then, well, yeah, it definitely is. Like even when I was in a shop a few years ago and they were selling um, like a Christmas range called OCD Obsessive Christmas Disorder, and I was like, "Are you oh. joking? That is one of my favourite shops." And you are, like, marketing off this thing that, like, has, like, destroyed so many people. That is terrible. Yeah. But it's, like, people have no idea because it's just not talked about. And I also think, like, it's actually 
just really dangerous, the misconception around it. Because, like, I lived my entire childhood undiagnosed. Yeah. And that's the same for so many people. Like, they live out their life thinking that they're this horrible person and, like, that they're, you know, just because they have no idea what OCD is and they, how could they, like, suspect that they have this disorder when they think that OCD is, like, loving to be clean. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's yeah, not good. And it's not like they're going to, like, market a Christmas product around cancer. No, exactly. You know, no one would dream of doing that, and yet they do about this. Uh-huh. Um, which, yeah, I mean, shows that there's just a lot of ignorance, yeah. isn't it, about what it is. And, but, you know, that's one of the reasons I wanted to, to chat to you and have more people hear about it again. Um, but yeah, what, what things have you found like really helpful on your journey, um, that, that have been really good support for you? Um, well, in terms of like actually recovering from OCD, that's kind of only started to really happen this year when I, um, started exposure therapy with a new psychologist. So I've had three psychologists since 2020 yeah um and just trying to find the right fit well yeah they were all amazing like i the first one i had to stop seeing her because she went on maternity leave the second one i had for two years and she was incredible um but i think just her schedule and my needs like also she didn't specialize in ocd I don't think and so I don't think she just like she didn't really have the time and I needed more support so she recommended me my new psychologist yep. who I see now and yeah it's very effective mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's hard but yeah. it's good yeah and so I mean you sounds like you'd recommend therapy <laughs> yes definitely mm-hmm. but for people that can't access therapy like I mean there are ways that you can do exposure therapy because it's like without a therapist, obviously it's going to be much harder because mm-hmm. you're in charge of like forcing yourself to go out and do these things that are just like terrifying, mm-hmm. but like it can be done because it is just simply like if my brain was telling me right now that I have to like tap that table nine times, which is like in 2020 or 2021, not doing that would have been like in my head it would have seemed so dangerous and irresponsible because I would like I used to believe that something horrible would happen if I didn't do that so exposure therapy is just sitting with that discomfort and not tapping the table nine times and like over time you'll see that wow like touching a surface a certain amount of times is actually not going to prevent something horrible from yeah, happening right. like it's just so so you were getting the same sort of sense out of this idea of tapping the table as i might get about stepping on the road in front of a car yes yeah it's, it's wow. just <laughs> one's more likely to be dangerous than yeah. The other. yeah well and obviously you i mean you've had good family support as well that you know like you say not everything was helpful but that's not for want of trying what have you found I guess as a, as a teenager dealing with OCD, 
where have you found let down by kind of the mental health system in New Zealand or where are the gaps that you've you've seen what could be better well a lot could be better but I like have because I was already seeing a private psychologist like that was fine like she was great but a lot of people can't access that because it's yeah. so expensive and yeah, like, I'm just very privileged that I could but my mental health was getting much worse and I needed more support so we went to CAF child adolescent family mental health services um, and the waitlist for that was so long and that was because I we needed to try get me on medication but there were there's no psychiatrists at, like in Christchurch for teenagers or the wait list is like ridiculous so we had to just wait on the public in the public waiting yeah, system right. um, and then yeah I think the wait list was going to be like six months or something and then I think the worst thing is that they don't help you unless you're a danger to yourself or others so I think it was beginning of 2021 I became very depressed because of the OCD and the OCD actually went away because I like stopped caring if something bad was going to happen because at that time I was like well I kind of want something bad to happen like yeah, I deserve yeah. it and so it wasn't till then that I had a really bad night and so we called the crisis line or I don't know what I can't remember yeah. what it was but then they then CAF emergency saw me the next day but it's like it shouldn't have to get to that yeah. point to get help. Yeah. There's, there's a massive shortage of, of specialists, I guess, but, but also there's just, there seems to be an awareness of, or a much bigger awareness of issues that people have and less ability for us to actually then find someone to process that with. Mm -hmm. I've dealt with depression and anxiety, um, and sometimes that's been pretty bad. But those are things that, you know, most counsellors or whatever have some kind of handle on and they don't need kind of a specialist knowledge of stuff. And so, you know, that for me, that was easier to find support for. Whereas I imagine something like you, your condition, um, is it a condition? Is it a, what do I, what do I call it? I don't know. Um, your OCD. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, something like your OCD um, would need much more knowledge like specialist knowledge around it yes. to be helpful it's very it needs a lot maybe not research but i don't know i feel like it's just so unknown and even if i had got through the waitlist at CAF, i think that there was still no like specific ocd support mm. it was just i was going to get a psychologist but I already had a psychologist who was incredible so yeah. I was like well, what's the point yeah. like you're not going to give me any extra support that I'm not already getting yeah. so yeah yeah so it's just a big challenge and mm -hmm. I mean I, I think there's an amazing number of awesome people in the mental health sector there's just not enough of them yeah. um, and so so if you're listening and you think of going into that field you know, could be a good idea. Please do. Um, but so, I mean, you, this is something that's been a big part of your life. Um, and now you're running a business. 
um, called Little Joys by Emily. Uh, you're making all this creative stuff to support people in their journeys with mental health and things. You know, you're you're still a teenager, but you've been doing this already for a number of years now. Mm-hmm. So how did how did that come about? So I started the business in 2019, and it looked very different to what it does now because I started off um, making like little kiwiana like clay charms um, and trying to sell them into souvenir stores because I was trying to raise money for a school trip to France which was then cancelled because of COVID but (laughs) (laughs) basically I'd been making clay like for fun um, since 2015 when I was living in America and it was just like I spent every day making just so many little like charms and trinkets because all my life I've been obsessed with like anything that's mini and so I would I just always collect good luck charms and stuff so the fact that I could make my own was just a dream come true and so I would give them as gifts to my family and friends for Christmas and birthdays and then my mum was like well you should try selling them and I was like okay and so she was obviously the one that did everything with that because I'm very shy and I could never walk into a shop and be like hey buy my products so but yeah so she did that and then we just grew from there which was so you've always been creative yes definitely that's yeah I love creating anything and I was reading through my um preschool book and like all the notes were like wow you're so creative and you always make the coolest things and I think you're going to be a designer one day and I was like oh you're right like (laughs) I mean I guess I am so it's just it was cool to see that that's something that has always been a big part of my life I guess yeah cool so, I mean, I'll post some pictures and things on my social media and, and link to yours as well so people can see what it is that you actually make. But how would you describe what it is that that you make? Um, well, basically it changed to what it is now when COVID hit and souvenir stores were, you know, like dead. Yeah. So they were not going to be buying my products. So we moved online and... I just, because I've always loved good luck charms and like worry dolls so much, I wanted to kind of start making stuff like that. So that's where my, I kind of got the inspiration to turn it into more of a mental health focused business. Although I wasn't like knowingly struggling with mental health at that point, because that wasn't Mm. till like after COVID. Um, But once I started struggling with my mental health, like once I got diagnosed, mm-hmm. then I like cared about it more and wanted to grow up more, but I was also like barely functioning. So it was <laughs> kind of hard to actually do anything at that time. But yeah, that's kind of what it's turned into. Mm. So yeah, and so you make these cool little clay animals and little friends and things. Yeah, I started off hand making like these mini clay figurines in a jar. And then that was like, obviously I hand make each one and so I couldn't keep up with that. And 
I wanted to grow it so that more people could like have access to it and that, so that we could also be able to donate mm-hmm. more because as much as I would love to just give away all my products that <laughs> would kind of you know just not work out yeah. um, so I started designing like the characters online and then we got them made into collectible pins and key rings um, and then I was trying to get away from the handmade stuff but I decided that I really wanted to start making clay worry stones which was probably not the best idea because they take a really long time to make but they um, sell really well yeah. so yeah, right. that's well I that was my second kind of handmade thing but once again that's getting way too time consuming yeah. like I'm spending three full days a week in the office making clay and there's so many other projects that I'm working on yeah. and because I have ADHD I just sit there making the clay thinking about all the things I'm going to do but then I get home and I'm so mentally exhausted that I do absolutely nothing except go on my phone yeah. so we've got the samples for them but we have got them turned into metal worry stones so yeah, cool. the company that produces our pins and key rings it's that same company have designed well not designed but created them for us yeah, cool. and so I'm hoping that that can kind of take over the handmade yeah. worry stones because I mean it's still the same thing it's just I'm not creating them by hand and I also think they because they're metal so they're like heavier and they have like a grounding kind of feeling to them nice yeah I mean we we've got our own business as well and and um when we first started off we hand wrote notes to everybody and it it wasn't long until that just was not sustainable no Um, it's such a cool thing to be able to do but it's like yeah and it's one of the things people loved about the business and then we're like look sorry we just we're going to print a card and put, you know, yeah. um, but you've got to, you've got to make it sustainable. Yeah. You, Otherwise you just can't grow. Yeah. Um, and I mean, we're, this is our second go at recording this because the first time we had to put it off because you were swamped with orders. So, <laughs> you know, obviously something's going right. Um, yes. You know, th- that's pretty exciting. Uh, are you selling mostly to individuals or mostly to retailers or both or how does that work now? It's it definitely used to be more online, but it's now definitely wholesale, like to shops. Just because online is so hard at the moment, like so yeah. many small businesses are struggling with online and like the Facebook algorithm and just yeah. all of those platforms are not great at the moment. But I'm hoping that online will pick up with the stuffed animals that we have which is our newest product and they are arriving next week which is very exciting um so we should hopefully have them up on the website in a few weeks which i hope they will do well yeah and so like are you getting good feedback from the retailers like the shops and stuff yes we've the last road trip that we went on to waitomo caves and like that kind of area that the shops up there like the shops are doing really well now like the tourism shops which is cool because that's what we first started off doing even though our products are not like <laughs> they're not keeping to- on no yeah. but 
tourists are just they really love like collecting the pins and key rings and people just have them up on their front counter and then it's just like i don't know they're just very popular at the moment yeah, which is great to hear yeah do you do you hear back from individuals who've bought your stuff and finding them useful yeah i do get a few um we get reviews and they sometimes get messages and comments um which is very cool like mm. it just makes my day when people tell me that they like that my products have helped them because that's what I designed them for so, yeah 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 it's cool I mean I, I still I think I've still got your um courage bunny one in my where is it let's have a look I'm sure it's in my wallet here <laughs> there are a lot of cards there are a lot of cards in here but um yeah there we go courage oh, bunny that is so cool when you need courage keep me with you and tell me your fears I can nibble them up and they will all be gone now go out and use my courage to face your fears it's like how cool is that like I just that yeah. is very cool and that stays in my wallet it's um, awesome and and I'm sure there are a bunch of people with things like that around how do you come up with the ideas to to put on those cards and things well it kind of just like I'm always thinking and so I just kind of think about I mean the products that I look for in shops and when I don't find those products I create them and I guess like because that was kind of how it was in my childhood every shop I would look for the tiny little good luck charms or trinkets mm. and if I wouldn't like I just never found one that was you know exactly what I was looking for which is why I created my own and that's why I love my worry stones so much because yeah. I have my own personal one which I take literally everywhere and mm. it's perfect and it's just so cool that like my favorite product is one that I designed it just makes it more yeah, special awesome. to me yeah for people who haven't heard of a worry stone how would you describe what a worry stone is well they can I you can get it in like different materials the first one I ever had which gave me the idea was a crystal worry stone and it's basically just a stone with like an indent in it for your thumb and it's just you can like rub it and it's smooth and it just gives you a it's like a fidget toy so mm -hmm. you can just hold it and it helps to ground you or distract you if you're anxious and it's just like a comforting little object that you can keep in your pocket and hold if you need some extra support and so the ones that I make are made out of polymer clay and so I like put the clay in the mold and then I made the mold with the shape of my thumb and that took a lot of time to get right but yeah it's I love it it's great yeah awesome do you ever just stop and look at your life and go you know I faced all this stuff um you know but here I am 18 I'm running my own business like how crazy is this I definitely do like once again just today I was like well, what's my dream life? Like, what is the thing that I've always wanted to do? And all my life I've either wanted to write books, be an artist, travel, like, this kind of, or create or design things. And I'm literally doing all of that. So it's like, it just couldn't be more perfect yeah, for me. Awesome. So what, what are your hopes for Little Joys from here? Well... 
I'm hoping that our new products will take off so that I don't have to keep spending so much time hand making each one and I can spend that time um, designing more products so that I can get like a larger quantity out into the world and so that then I can donate to more people who might benefit from them and so something with the stuffed animals that we're hoping to set up is um, because we started off donating my clay charms in a jar we have a section on our website where you can purchase one and then that one that you purchase will get sent to Starship or cool. we have some that I think that's set up with CAF as well but I want to do that with the stuffed animals just expanding so that I can uh, help more people I guess yeah awesome where can people find you where can they buy your products um, our website is www.littlejoys.co.nz and my Instagram and TikTok is at littlejoysbyamilynz and Facebook is at littlejoysbyamily awesome and I'll link to all that in the show notes so people can find those so um, they don't have to guess how to spell any of that or anything I'm, I'm really excited about the fact that you know here's something that could be really debilitating for you and has been but there's also life that's grown out of it yeah and for someone who also has you know battled mental health challenges that's it's always encouraging to see not only life happening in spite of it but life happening because of it yes. you know that, yeah that the stuff that we go through actually lets us then give back to the world somehow um and yeah, I think that oh, it's so exciting watching what you're doing and, and yeah, why I wanted to get you on the podcast. And and also, like, it's cool that you're producing a product that's supporting people with their mental health journeys, but then you're also using that to donate and support mental health charities and things as well. So, you know, it's it's just a win-win. You know, there's, there's all this cool stuff happening. So thank you for um, giving up time to chat today and um, thank you for all the, the work that you're doing thank you for bringing a bit of heaven down to earth thank you for having me it's been great hello hello heaven will I hear you whisper to come near it was such a blessing to sit down with Emily and have this court at all Mental health is something that affects us all, but some of us in more profound and obvious ways than others, and it was a privilege to be invited into Emily's story. And how awesome that a business helping others has grown up within her challenges. She didn't wait until she had it all together before adding life and joy to others, which is a lesson I'm sure many of us could take note of. Emily, thank you for who you are, and for what you do. Here is a blessing for you. Emily, may little joys continue to grow and adapt, finding new creative ways of bringing little doses of joy to people's lives. May you continue to love what you do, designing, creating, connecting, and loving people along the way. May you continue to find the therapy journey freeing and fulfilling, opening more light and life into your world each time, and may the journey of healing you are walking out be fruitful, even in the face of challenges. In these tougher times, 
when there are seasons that are tremendously hard. May you know that your worth isn't tied up in your mental health or your ability to cope, or even in the success of your business, but that you have worth simply because you are Emily, simply because you are. May you know that you're a blessing to your whānau, your community, and the world in so many ways, and may others continue to be inspired by you to live their best life too. As you continue to share your journey with the world through interviews, social media posts, and all the products that you make that have been birthed through the pain and joys of life, may you know joy as you make a difference in the lives of others. May you know that the shitty things of life have made a soil from which new life is growing, and may little joys continue bringing you great joy. Lastly, may you know you are seen, you are heard, and you are loved. Thanks to Strawn for the music and Rangi for the karakia. Join me next time when I chat with Mike Maeshiro about his remarkable life journey, from teaching spiritual discernment at the Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, to coming out as gay because of his journey with God, to the fulfilling life he is living on the other side of that moment, and the support he now offers to others who are also asking questions about themselves and their faith. It's a powerful story of love and embrace. Until then, me inoi tato. E tō mātou matua i te rangi Kia tapu tō ingoa Kia tau mai tō rangatira tanga Kia mea te tau e pai ai ki runga ki te whenua Kia rite anō ki tō te rangi Humai kia mātou ai nei E taroma mātou mō tēnei rā Muro mātou hara Me mātou hoki e muru nei I o te hunga E hara ana kia mātou Aua hoki mātou e kawea Kia whakawaia Engari whakorangia mātou I te kino 